We are live, everyone. Coinbase has made some wins in the Supreme Court. Uh, uh, I guess the yeah, the Supreme Court, the the number one court of the land. Uh, and we're going to dive into what does this mean for Coinbase? What does it mean for crypto? Is this the big win that we're looking for? The knockout punch that Coinbase is bringing, or is it just another technicality? Uh, who knows? We'll find out. I'm joined today with uh, Carl from Crypto Lush uh, as we do our simulcast. Carl, welcome. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's doing pretty good. Uh, you know, random Friday afternoon stream. I know, you know, many folks are done with the work week and uh, you're just kind of looking to relax. Well, relax with crypto. We're going to talk about some awesome stuff here. Um, as we get started, I also want to remind everyone that uh, the show is about learning, not FOMO. So none of this is financial advice. Neither Carl nor I are financial advisors. And if you take financial advice from us, you will get wrecked. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, yeah, okay. <laughs> We got to scare people away. Just, just, yeah. just make sure that there's, there's, there's nothing that even people would consider. But one thing we do love to do on, on the show is to engage with folks who are here live. So if you are here live, please drop high in chat. Let us know that you're here. Um, we, we do also take questions, comments uh, from chats. So if you have any thoughts as we go along, this is the great place to share them. Uh, you know, I think the crypto community, one thing that's really awesome is we've got such a breadth of expertise among different folks and kind of pulling that all in, having good discussions is, is what we're about. Yeah. So let's dive straight into it. I'm going to project something up on the screen so we can all take a look. Um, and kind of set the scene for what we're talking about. Uh, so what are we talking about? We're talking about uh, the U.S. Supreme Court rules in favor of Coinbase in an arbitration dispute. Okay, let's let's unpack this. Uh, this is not the win against the SEC, so I'll, I'll foreshadow what we're going to get to. Unfortunately, right, Carl? Yeah, bummer. <laughs> we can't have it all, all the good news on one day. In fact, I hope the good news comes out on Monday so the market can be aware of it. But this is still good news. Uh, what is it all about? Well, I'll scroll down to the bottom here. You can uh, go ahead and read the article as well. There's a lot of different articles that talk about this. Um, but basically, there's been a few customers of Coinbase uh, who are effectively uh, suing them because scammers stole their money. So here's an example. is a California lawsuit by customer Abraham Bielski who alleged that a scammer stole $30,000 from his Coinbase account. Um, and they're accusing Coinbase of violating the Electronic Funds Transfer Act by not investigating or recrediting Bielsi's account. Uh, so maybe we can pause here, Carl. Like, this, this sounds like some guy made a mistake and he wants to blame Coinbase. I, yeah, I was going to say, because I, I hadn't read this, I, I thought it was going to be having to do with Coinbase. You know, the SEC is claiming that things are securities. And I thought it was going to be that they got they bought a token that ended up being a rug pull, but I didn't know that. So what we're saying is this guy just he got fished, or somehow people got his login credentials. He got some money zapped out of there, and then he sued Coinbase for that. Yeah, I mean that seems crazy. Like I'm imagining in the traditional banking world, right? Like you write a check to someone, someone happens to be a scammer, they deposit the check and process it, and now you come back and you want to sue the bank for that. It yeah. seems very strange that that would even be a thing. Yeah. Um, well, there seems to be some sense. What is it? Five to nine. I read up here in the article, it was like a five to nine in the US, five to four. So there's nine, you know, justices. So by a squeak. And I wonder if that just has to do with them not liking crypto and not liking Coinbase, because this seems like an obvious that would have been nine zero if it was Wells Fargo. I, I do wonder a little bit about it. So, uh, you know, the lawsuits actually uh, talking about whether uh, Coinbase can uh, force it to go to arbitration. And I've got a little thing for those who aren't uh, legal eagles, and I'm definitely not one uh, of those, the, the difference between arbitration versus litigation. 
uh, basically arbitration is the out-of-court resolution of a disagreement between two commercial parties, not a court case. Uh, and why would you do something like this? There's no judge, there's no jury, there's no courtroom, uh, but it's got a faster resolution, there's lower cost, um, and it's a way of making things a, a little more efficient for, for everyone. And so this is what Coinbase is arguing, that we should actually get to that point where this is settled via arbitration. But as you were saying, Kyle, the justices in a five to four decision, basically conservative versus liberal is my understanding of this, yeah. um, said that the uh, lower court had let a proposed class action lawsuit proceed uh, while Coinbase pressed its appeal contending that the claims belong in arbitration. So that's what they were arguing for. Um, so did they, they voted that it can go to arbitration now, right? Yes, they voted that it can okay. go to arbitration. Um, and I think, you know, generally uh, some people, perhaps more on the liberal side, don't enjoy that because there's kind of the tyranny of large companies that they want the ability to have a fair fight in court. Um, companies obviously, obviously prefer uh, arbitration because it's cheaper and faster um, and it, it, it helps to reduce the cost for all these spurious lawsuits that are out there. Yeah, makes sense. I wonder if it has anything to do with the setup maybe with BlackRock. Maybe if, if BlackRock is going to be custodying with Coinbase, maybe they're trying to make, you know, it's kind of like with real estate. You've got rent-friendly versus tenant-friendly states. You know, maybe they're trying to make Coinbase set the precedent so that it can go to arbitration because BlackRock maybe wants it. But I'm getting into, Ooh. you know, conspiracy land there a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to consider. So I've only thought of it from the retail perspective of like, okay, you know, Coinbase doesn't want to get sued by 100,000 people for random things. Um, yeah. Let's go to arbitration. But maybe, you know, if BlackRock is custodying it. I mean, BlackRock seems like someone who would want the ability to sue with the full force of the law, Coinbase, if something happened. Unless they're planning on being the villain, maybe. Would like BlackRock ever do that? Uh, no, Black, they're just they're straight up. They're just good people over there. No, but what if if they, you know, we were talking about this yesterday. If they've got that clause in there with the forks, right? And that, it's not to say that they're going to be malicious, like you said. It's just attorneys probably trying to be flexible. But maybe that's what this is as well, where they're just like, if BlackRock is going to custody at Coinbase, BlackRock wants it to be easy for them. You know what I mean? Since they're going to be their partner essentially. There's actually probably a, a line of thinking that BlackRock wants Coinbase to be strong in, in a sense. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe we're, we're delving too much into like the what ifs behind this, uh, but definitely a stronger Coinbase that's custodying BlackRock's assets makes them more secure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good line of thinking. Uh, I want to say hi here to Prospector who just jumped on. Uh, good morning. Welcome. Uh, anyone else is here also say hi. Uh, if you've had a chance to read the lawsuit or you're a legal expert, like I'd uh, love to get your thoughts here. Uh, on what's going on. Um, but I think the, you know, the short version, unfortunately for us, is this is not a win against the SEC, uh, but it does make Coinbase stronger, right? So there's one less worry they have from a, a legal perspective. Yeah, and maybe that the, they all want that because they want Binance out. You know what I mean? Did you see the news about Belgium today and Binance? Oh, tell me, tell me a bit more about it. What happened? Well, I, I didn't read too much in the news. It was just like a watcher goo headline that Belgium said that Binance, this is international now, obviously not Binance US, needs to cease immediately. And I didn't read if they have any evidence for why they would want them to do that. But it does go with the theory that do not that they, being the United States and whoever else might be the, you know, overlords or whatever, that they might be 
wanting to Binance. We talked about it yesterday. They have like 25% of all the Bitcoin that's on exchanges is on Binance. And now it's not Crazy in the US. Much. It's yeah, it's an international. So it just makes me be like, is that the first shot like Belgium where now you're going to start seeing Binance fall internationally from all the places where, and I, I don't know, you know, how much volume goes through there in Belgium particularly, but that was my first thought is, uh oh, now they're coming after Binance International. I don't think they're going to approve the ETFs until they reduce Binance's influence on the price. I mean, let, let's dive in here. I pulled up the article from Coindesk, which is saying the crypto exchange is accused of serving Belgian customers from countries outside the uh, European economic area in violation of the law. And so I wondered, you know, to your point, we've got uh, the United States and perhaps even Europe that's going after Binance in all these different ways. Um, Binance, obviously, um, the largest crypto uh, exchange that's out there right now. Yeah. So it's saying offering and providing exchange services in Belgium between virtual currencies and legal currencies from countries that are not members of the European economic area. So what are we saying? Like he's letting someone in Belgium trade a currency and or a, a crypto and that crypto is located in like, I don't know, North Korea or something. Yeah it's, yeah, it's looking like they're working with people outside of the European Union. Uh, and so that's something that they don't like. And, and maybe this ties back to, to MICA. So if folks aren't familiar, uh, MICA is the law that's working its way through the European courts, which provides some clarity on crypto regulation. One of the stipulations in MICA says something to the effect of you have to be able to identify the person that's, that's sending and receiving the money, and the crypto, basically. Uh, and so I wonder if this is a case where you know, that's not something that they're able to do either. So they're kind of clearing the way for, for MICA. Yeah. I mean, can Binance, is that even something that Binance is able to do? Like, I almost wonder, like, is it Binance? Do they have these? Maybe you know this. I, I don't know this. Like, they have Binance.us. Is this Binance.bg for Belgium? I don't know what Belgium's thing is, right? Yeah. My understanding is it's Binance.us and Binance.com and maybe a couple others for different jurisdictions. But largely, it's like the rest of the world and, and us. So how is how would Binance be able to determine like if I'm a European citizen who I'm trading with? I'm just trading with the Binance International platform. So are they saying that because Binance is has the regulations with the MICA that now they're suddenly kind of pigeonholed into now they can't offer their exchange to the rest of anybody else? Like maybe that is what's going to happen is it'll be Binance.eu and then Binance International. Maybe this starts to like fracture Binance a little bit. Well, here's where I think the KYC contagion starts to come in. So, uh, you know, if the, the US requires everyone to KYC and they bring down, you know, the full force of the law against companies that aren't KYCing people, right? So Binance has separated itself now, US and, and international. But mm -hmm. if Europe, Europe starts to do the same thing, effectively now they're going to force everyone to KYC. That's the only way that Binance can verify that, they're actually it, working with someone who is who they say they are. But isn't, is that not, so Binance International doesn't require KYC? I've never used Binance International, so I, I can't either. comment fully. Um, I do know that the KYC is not required by all international exchanges. Right. Yeah. There's some like what KuCoin is probably like one of the bigger ones that doesn't require, well, up to certain limits, which yeah. for most plebs is like totally fine. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's some, I, I, if, is anyone listening to this that's 
Binance International, like, do they have to KYC? I thought that Binance in all jurisdictions was KYCing. So maybe that's just not right. Binance International from Chris Kata. Chris Kata, Binance International does KYC, but you can be PN around it. Well, that wouldn't really make sense because if your driver's license or whatever your photo ID says that you live in an area that they don't service and you KYC that, a VPN isn't going to... Like you could VPN into... You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, my understanding is that they're requiring VPN in certain countries. And so if you just say you're not from that country, they don't require VP, um, KYC. Sorry. Um, oh, okay. Gotcha. So if they, you know, say you're, you're from, I don't know, Nigeria and mm. Nigeria is not one of those, those countries, you just say like, okay, I'll VPN through Nigeria and it'll work out. I see. Wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. They should probably, yeah. I, I would imagine. Yeah. Binance would want to contain that a little bit, I suppose. But then you're going to exclude, isn't that the point of crypto, right? Is to try to be inclusive and break the barriers and the, and the borders down. So now if you do that, because I, I imagine that in some countries, there's a lot of people that may not have, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I suppose everybody has an ID everywhere, but. <laughs> I want to say hi to a few folks here. Daniel popped in. He's saying that we've got KYC on Binance now, at least you know where, where he is. Uh, Chris Fox is saying greetings from SoCal. I hope it's beautiful like it is here in Texas there. Uh, thanks for the compliment on the indie interview. Um, and Chris is also saying he enjoys the, the, enjoys the new discussion format. I, I'm enjoying it as well. It's great to have both of us you know, on the show here. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so all is not lost, right? So what, the takeaway from this isn't just, hey, Coinbase won some random thing in the Supreme Court that has nothing to do with anything. The takeaway in my perspective is that Coinbase has the heavy hitters on their team. So there's this tweet from Macroscope uh, who's saying, important win for Coinbase is ruling as an example of how the industry is benefiting from the best talent. Coinbase is represented by Neil Katal, or Katyal, a former acting US Solicitor General who has argued 50 cases before the Supreme Court. Um, and so this level of talent is being deployed by the industry at all levels, uh, legal, tech, et cetera, and often against decidedly less talented peers at regulatory industries. Uh, so best of the best legal minds working at Coinbase, uh, which makes me feel good that they're leading the vanguard uh, against the SEC and, and various other regulators. Yeah, I agree with that. We're going to have to see what ends up. I just feel like there's going to be a compromise that we're not going to be happy about. That's like my <laughs> gut feeling is that it's like, okay, yeah, SEC, Coinbase, there's going to be some kind of compromise, but it's going to require crypto to sell maybe half of its ethos soul, you know what I mean? In some sort of way. Yeah. So Chris Black, who we mentioned on the show yesterday has been very, very yeah. uh, adamant that um, siding with Coinbase isn't necessarily siding with the angel of crypto. Coinbase is a business. Uh, yeah. Coinbase's job is to make profits for its shareholders. Its fiduciary duty is to do that. Um, it doesn't care about you and me or the ethos of crypto beyond what's required to do its business. Now being, you know, very harsh. I'm sure Brian Armstrong does. I'm sure a lot of the, um, technical teams and the legal teams at Coinbase do, but Coinbase, the business, the entity uh, does not. Um, we got an update here. So it looks like Binance actually uh, now has KYC mandatory for all Binance users. Um, it looks like this is from a recent email. Uh, Daniel, if you could share like when you got that, that would be uh, awesome to, to understand because this is definitely new for me. I always thought there was some kind of uh, loopholes for KYC that Binance had. And this might be what U.S. regulation is forcing them to do, is to tighten it. Yeah, because they won't. And maybe if it's not even U.S., like you said, maybe it's the MICA. Like if it's 
you know, as an American, sometimes I think that we're the center of the globe, right? That's how we're kind of raised over here at least. And so, yeah, you've got internationally, you've got like Europe and it's just, I don't know how you segment all these different jurisdictions under one umbrella without having Binance, Nigeria, Binance, Ireland, Binance, blah, 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 blah. Because people are going to trade with each other on there. Yeah. And if you think about how, you know, traditional banks or, you know, various other exchanges and they had, they need to get licenses in every state, for example, here in the US. So there's this jurisdictional problem that people have. And obviously they, they solve it. Ah, Daniel's saying it's not new. It's been around a little while. So my information is old. See, I'm, I'm sheltered here in the US fighting our own demons. And <laughs> we're not fighting the demons overseas. I mean, we've, all, we've been KYC'd here forever. So I kind of just, you know. Yeah, quick shout out to localmonero.com uh, or .co if you're looking to get Monero that is not KYC'd. Uh, not advocating this, but just showing you that there's an option out there if this is something you'd like to explore. Yeah, cool. Local I've heard of that. I've never used it. I haven't used it yet. Yeah. Is that, is that similar to like BISC and uh, some of the other, not, not local Monero, shout out to you. So I'm just going to leave it at that, I suppose. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. It's, what the, a, yeah. it's a peer-to-peer -peer exchange like many others are. Um, and there's, you know, some potential concerns around that, around money transmitter licenses. So definitely not recommending anyone do it, but just for your information, uh, it is a thing that can be there. Um, want to point out to the granddaddy of lawsuits. So what does this mean uh, for, <laughs> for the SEC charging Coinbase for operating as unregistered securities exchange broker and clearing agency? This was the lawsuit, if you recall, that tanked all the markets in particular, the ones, the coins mentioned as securities like um, ADA and Polygon and Solana, all tanked on the news of this. Um, and so this is uh, the, the, the big lawsuit that I think most of us in the crypto industry are looking towards. Uh, what do I think it means for this? Uh, I think it means that Coinbase is showing they can rack up some victories. And perhaps this will put the ACC in more of a negotiating position than an aggressive position and, and give them a little more ammunition to bring this to a successful resolution. So I'm hopeful. What, what do you think, Kyle? Do you think it's completely unrelated? No, it's, I'm like, uh, I'm just trying to think of all the moving parts of it. I, I don't know. Yeah, they're suing, they're suing Coinbase, and then now you've got BlackRock involved. It, I, I would be curious how many shares of coin BlackRock has. Do they own 10% of Coinbase too? Probably. BlackRock probably owns half of half of them, so it's almost like the SEC is suing BlackRock indirectly. I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't know. I, I typically, you know, from the last one, I'm more of a, I'm a little bit more pessimistic. Uh, and I, I, I tend to think that there's something going on underneath it. I can't see the two steps ahead of, so I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much, but right now I don't look at these stuff generally as I guess it Coinbase wins. So that's good enough. And I hope that that's all that they get <laughs> and they don't have to compromise because that'll be the thing. That'll just be the thing is what do they what do they have to lose to be able to operate in the United States? I, I think that's good. It's like, can they keep as much of the crypto ethos as possible without having to give it up, even though they, they may you know feel okay giving it up? Uh, yeah, I mean, Chris, what from a retail perspective, oh, sorry. Hold on, Chris. Uh, from a retail's perspective, I mean, we're already K, in the United States. We already KYC to use Coinbase. So it's like, what more could they want from like a retail side of things? Like it's gotta be some concession that Coinbase is going to have to give and what that could be, except for you need to stop selling everything. Well, Coinbase, that's what they want. 
has already said, hey, we're not going to give concessions. So if you look at the lawsuit that was done with, with Kraken, basically Kraken settled with the SEC and part of the settlement was they paid a bunch of money, I think like $30 million. Uh, yeah. And they also said that they will never, even in the future, offer staking services. Uh, so that's a huge ding to their business. Yeah. And if you imagine BlackRock comes out with staking services, where are you going to put your ETH? Are you going to put it at Kraken where you earn zero? Or at BlackRock where you earn whatever, 5% or whatever it is now? 100%. Oh, so frustrating. Okay, Chris. <laughs> So the SEC is going to need a way to, to save face at some point. And I think there's, there's a depth of insight here because all of these organizations are political and all of the actors that are leading them are, are political. And nope. so, yeah, go ahead. Saving face is important. Uh, you, you're going to tell, tell us what they would do. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, it's my opinion that either Janet Yellen or Gary Gensler is getting thrown under the bus. So I don't think the SEC, I think that they will blame. Uh, so again, this is just my... <laughs> our different personalities whatever i think they're gonna they've already said gary we're gonna protect you you're not gonna have to work another day in your life i mean go he's worth a hundred million dollars <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so it's like yeah go ahead take a seat under this bus and uh the sec is gonna blame it all on you and then we can just because they've been doing that forever that's typically what happens yeah, I mean, it's super comfy under the bus, right? He's got a, <laughs> whatever, a G5. He's got a mega yacht. I, yeah, I guess it depends. <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't have his pride or his soul, uh, but, you know, who needs those things? I mean, yeah, we don't got to, you know, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know that they do. Sociopaths, psychopaths, I don't know that that's what they are, but uh, those people typically don't have remorse or feelings, you know what I mean? Not to yeah. say he is one of those. And at least, at least Chris is agreeing that that Gary's willingly taking his seat under the bus, yeah. um, which is a little surprising because he did teach uh, blockchain, I believe, at MIT. Um, and so he has an understanding of the ethos in the industry, but it, I think he comes, comes from Goldman Sachs. So I think he bleeds banker. Well, do you think he's actually the one making any decisions? Um, my thought is no. He's probably just a pawn for yeah. someone a little more powerful. Exactly. Someone is Someone played the move and he's the one that's going to have to you know go under the bus and he's sacrificed but he's going to be rich he's going to be taken care of and protected for the rest of his life and they'll just use their next chess pieces like well, I let me actually... ask you like if you were in gary's position because obviously you know he's a human we need to have some empathy for everyone who is a human right uh what would you do if you were basically told listen your career is going to be over or uh you can take the seat under the bus and you'll be well taken care of i don't know it depends on how deep it depends. Like, I don't want to get too crazy. I don't want to get too crazy on this. On this, with what I actually think might be going on. In the, have you seen House of Cards? Do you remember that show? Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was great up until uh, who was the guy who left for some scandal? Yeah, um, Kevin. I watched the Kevin end Spacey, of like yeah. a second. I watched the first. I watched the first season where it ends with like a. And then I tried watching the first episode, whatever the next season was, and I just couldn't do it. It lost its like. It lost its thing really, or maybe it was the first two, but anyways, right. That kind of opened my eyes. And then, you know, you think about some of the other politicians and you hear stories about this thing or that thing not being true. I just, we can't <laughs> YouTube. I can't say things. Well, let, let's me... ask chat. Do you think we're in a world where we're house of cards or do you think we're in a world where we're at game of Thrones? <laughs> Oh man, I haven't seen that one either. I, I, I wish I could that. put a little poll here. Um, yeah, it's just how gruesome is the politics ultimately in the end. That's yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
if your fear is, or if, if the thing behind you is lose your life, like if that's a, if that's a, if that's actually a, a thing, then what we're talking about is trivial. It's like, well, yeah, I mean my career, I don't, yeah, whatever. Take the career. I don't care. Um, just protect me. Give me, let me take my money and, and I'll just say peace out. Just let me live, you know? And, and I do wonder if we're looking at here as a kind of crypto native people uh, who are in it for, you know, some variation of uh, number go up and technology and freedom, uh, you know, some variation of that. Uh, but we're, we're not in it because we're necessarily coerced in any way. Um, if we, we can't see the, the level of discussions and the level of sacrifices that other people are making. It's easy for us to judge, right? Exactly. I don't know what's going on. That's what I mean. But I'm, you know, because of my pessimistic nature, I'm just always assuming that there's something going on behind it that's one or two steps ahead of what the immediate thought is. You Did know? we just turn Gary Gensler into a sympathetic character? I know, right? Poor guy. Just, you know, he wa he doesn't, he's, <laughs> he wants to move out of the house, but his dad is just, He's just such a mean guy and he, you know, he just won't let him do it. <laughs> that's not where I, I anticipated this episode going. Yeah, me um, either, really. Yeah. Uh, that, that's why I enjoy conversation because <laughs> if I just banned uh, YouTubing about myself, I never would have arrived there. So what else you got, Carl? Like, was, <laughs> is there anything else you, that we need to talk about? I know it's Friday afternoon. Not from like, I don't have anything. Um, I, yeah, no, I haven't really looked at the news today, so I don't got anything this very moment. But in like three hours, there might be something cool. We're, we're, we're speculating here, and Prospect has got an interesting thought. They fire Gary from the SEC, okay. but they create a new regulatory body that regulates crypto and put him in charge. That reminds me of, have you seen um, Banking on Bitcoin, that documentary? I haven't, no. Tell me a bit about it. It's really good. It's, it's on YouTube. It's uh, Eric Voorhees is in it. It's, it's older, though. Like this Eric was, is legend. Oh yeah, super legend. OG Bitcoin OG. I thought he's basically um, modern day crypto Plato. Right? I, I mean, he went toe to toe with, with, with the cucumber eating dragon and bested him in intellectual combat. I watched that live, and then that interview got used as like the moment that SBF broke, and I was like, I'm so glad I got to witness that live. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like. You know when you're watching the, the Super Bowl or like whatever big events happening, you're like, I saw that. I saw that live. Like that's what I was doing. <laughs> For those of you who are like, what are you guys talking about? There's an episode of Bankless uh, where Eric Voorhees debates SBF. This is before FTX collapsed. Uh, this is when SBF was trying to push regulation through uh, that would, uh, you know, basically throw DeFi under the bus, give centralized exchanges more power. Obviously, he, you know, at the time owned a centralized exchange. So very buddy-buddy with all the legislators. Yeah, and he just outlogged him. I think the top, they were talking about email, free email. And like, should you have to KYC every single email? And SBF just, you know, bouncing around. Uh, and just the clips from that were just like pretty, pretty incredible. Well, let, let's, uh, you know, now that, now that we're thinking about what could possibly be behind the curtain? Uh, SPF's one person that some people have said he might be kind of a CIA plant or someone from the government who was put in that position specifically. Um, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that uh, because some of the actions he seems to have taken and the result is very interesting. Right? He, uh, by all accounts, uh, attacked and, and destroyed Luna, was one of the chief actors in it. Um, he was uh, in bed with a lot of Congress uh, people. I think he had something like, I want to say it was like 40 or 50% of Congress that he donated to. Um, and then after he was uh, arrested for fraud, he was let out to go and, and chill and play League of Legends at his parents' house. 
I think he's still doing that. I think he's still doing that. <laughs> they just took away his phone because he was like trying to use private chat methods to reach out and basically influence people that, that could be benefit. So FBF personally, I think, you know, and again, I don't know. So, you know, this isn't, I don't know. I don't know. But if I had to guess, I think that he came from like, um, how do I, this topic is so hard to talk about. Cause I'm afraid of like the words that I'm going to say. He comes from a lineage that you and I, like, he comes from a club that you and I have probably never had access to or seen in real life. So I, I think that he just spawned out of that, and then um, that's just kind of what happened. He fell into crypto. He's a smart dude. Like, he's actually smart. I just don't know. Although apparently he was bronzed here at League of Legends, so maybe he's smart, but not that good at gaming. Yeah, I heard. I don't know. Yeah. I, do you remember that Elon was was giving him Elon razzed him about that? He's like, yeah, but League of Legends. He's like a number. He's a bronze. It's like, yeah, good point. I don't know. The the whole simulation now, Elon and Mark Zuckerberg are fighting. I mean, it's got nothing to do with crypto, but sometimes you just wonder what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, okay, because you've seen the, like those fights are are violent, right? People die in fights, like boxing kickboxing people die and i was like if zuckerberg like knees him in the head and then elon's like i mean he's he's gonna risk permanent brain damage in a cage fight with zuckerberg and then spacex tesla's just gonna crumble i can't imagine that'll be good for the stock prices <laughs> like i bet you whoever wins or loses that if zuck loses facebook is gonna tank if elon loses tesla and spacex is probably gonna tank who I would not be on? surprised. Who do you bet on? Zuckerberg. Only because he did like the Murph. Are you, do you do CrossFit at all? I don't do CrossFit either, but there were some guys that were like, yeah, without a vest, I could do it in 40 minutes. And Zuckerberg did it with a 20-pound vest in like 39 minutes. And that's that puts him in like the 0.01% of like physical fitness. Going against Elon. Elon, I love you. But we've seen the boat photos. Like, I just don't know that a dude that can do the Murph in 39 minutes with a 20-pound vest, even though he's 5'8 and Elon's like 6'2", I still just, I don't think Elon's going to take that one. So what Chris is saying is this is probably going to be, um, you know, no risk for, for uh, Mark Zuckerberg because Meta doesn't change if, if Zuck does stuff. Uh, but all of Elon's companies, uh, dramatic changes will happen in the stock price no matter what he does. Probably. Because no matter what, Elon's going to yell Dogecoin as he hits the mat or if he's victorious. <laughs> Either way, he's going to say the word Dogecoin. <laughs> that guy, I tell you. Uh, very relatable, but I'm sure also from a class that you or I have uh, no access to. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, so, Definitely. yeah, anything else you want to cover? I know we've been going for a little while and we strayed off the, the, the topic of <laughs> way <laughs> off, yeah. for a second. Nah, uh, that's pretty much it. I mean... Yeah, that's it as far as this is this topic, at least right now. But I know I know we'll do more of these. So cool. So we're we're uh, you know streaming this on both channels, right? So if you're subscribed to my channel, take a look in the description below. You'll you'll find Kyle's channel, uh, and if you subscribe to Kyle's channel, do the reverse, and you'll find my channel. Yep. 
Um, to everyone here who is following along live, thank you for all the comments. Thank you for engaging. Uh, you know, sometimes it's good just to enjoy, enjoy the Friday afternoon. Um, have a great weekend. Uh, I think we'll be back next week with some more discussion and some more news. Hopefully the, the crypto world doesn't implode. Uh, like, subscribe, do all the, the YouTube things that we need you all to do to keep the channels going. That's it. Have a good weekend. <laughs> Cheers.